0: Monday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. The book is called The Concealed and the Revealed. Adar Purim Megilas Esther, The Royal Intrigue and Divine Irony of the Purim Miracle. It's written by Rabbi Daniel, Rabbi Daniel Glatstein. Rabbi, Rabbi Daniel Gladstein, who's with us live via telephone, is Rav and founder of Mahon Magid Harakia in Cedarhurst, New York. Rabbi Glatstein is one of the contemporary Jewish world's most popular speakers and respected Magide Deshir. His more than 7,000 recorded shiurim have garnered millions of views on TorahAnytime.com and other venues. His Hebrew farm as well have garnered acclaim throughout the Torah world. Rabbi Glatzstein has a masterful grasp of an exceptional array of Sfarim and commentaries and a rare ability to explain profound teachings with remarkable clarity. We are recommending, as we have with other Rabbi Glatzstein books, go to artscroll.com, make sure to use promo code RADIO. You want to make sure to do that today so you can have this book in time for Purim. It is called The Concealed and The Revealed. Rabbi Daniel Glatstein, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nacham. How are you? Good morning. Baruch Hashem, doing well. It's Adar after all, so I'm hoping everyone's doing well and has a, uh, a good Simchadic perspective, even during these crazy times. Can I start with my favorite chapter of your book?
1: <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thank
0: you. My favorite chapter. There are a lot of great ones, and there are some amazing and tremendous insights, not that you need my endorsement. The chapter, <laughs> the chapter is entitled "The Purim Story." Right back at you. Oh, I'm glad you chose that one. <laughs> I mean, this is—I I mean, you know, I know the Megillah relatively well, as relative as well as a bus, you know, knows it, and it's something that we know since we're kids. But my gosh, I never realized how many things are either built, created, introduced in the Megillah that end up being used for an either exact opposite purpose or for the Purpose of the Salvation of Klael Yisrael. And you point out so many of them, and I thought it was just amazing. Can you expand on this a little bit? Can you tell the listeners yeah, what I have in absolutely. mind by all this?
1: And, and uh, Nahum, now I see, uh, and I always miss you, you're the best in the industry. Here you Woo. have a book, it's 500 pages, and you just zero in, really, on my favorite chapter. Thank you. I've had a number of speaking engagements the last two weeks, and I always find myself speaking about this subject. Um, the one which I consider just a gift from Shamayim yeah, is w- that the Megillah ends, that Ahasuerus taxes the people, right. which seems like irrelevant information. Why is the Megillah even in- including this? The- why do we need to know about the taxes? Nobody cares about taxes. In
0: fact, you point, and- out, you point out when you introduce that, that when you think about it, there's nothing political or diplomatic mentioned in the entire Megillah in terms of what's going on in Ahasuerus' kingdom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then Gil even says that you want to know the rest of the story, you want to know the politics, go to the Chronicles of Persia Media. Right. But uh, you got the wrong book here. And something that occurred to me was when I was learning, say, for Ezra, was when the Jews returned after the 70 years to rebuild the second base of and they couldn't afford to finance the construction, they turned to Darius, Daryavesh, right. son of Ahasuerus and Esther, right. and he says, you know what, he opens up the the royal treasury and he gives them Tax money, and and I said to myself, where would he get all this tax money from? It's from Vayasem It's from the taxes yeah. Achashverosh collected. But but the real special insight is here. Achashverosh is making a party, and he thinks he's celebrating the eternal destruction of the Beit Right. And God says, watch this. This party will bring the demise of Vashti. You'll marry Esther. You'll have a kid, Darius. You're going to charge the people taxes. Then when you die, your kid's going to get it, and he's going to fund the building of the second base of Mikdash. Ugh. So while you thought you were celebrating destruction, the party was laying the foundation of the second base of Mikdash. It's
0: unbelievable. And you have other examples, by the way, in Jewish history, including biblical history. Uh, which are amazing, such as Moshe Rabbeinu growing up in the house of Paro. Paro, actually, when you think about—I don't remember exactly how you put it—but Paro, when you mm-hmm. think about it, and tell me if this is too strong a language—literally trains Moshe how to be a Absolutely. leader, how to be a leader of a nation. It's Absolutely. unbelievable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the. The writes: If if Moshe would have grown up with the rest of the Jews, he would have had a slave mentality. He would right. have had a low morale, and Paro groomed him. For a greatness. And I you know, the I say tongue-in-cheek, taro, kibel, Torah misinai. Without taro, we never would have had the Torah. Unbelievable. So, Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: And then, of course, the most incredible example, but the way you present it I think is just remarkable, <laughs> and that is the fact that yeah. Haman, Haman builds a 100-foot tall gallows, right? He bu- builds gallows because yeah. he, he has in mind that this is where Mordecai's end is going to be and you explain mm-hmm. and you explain why in fact it was so tall and how that ended up being his demise what can you tell us about that
1: yeah he thought that you know he would capitalize on the fact that Achishore, he's so wishy-washy he's always changing his mind so he has to have some kind of eyesore staring at in the face so that if he ever got angry at mordechai he would just capitalize on that moment and see the gallows looming in the background and say all right hang mordechai right and that's really what backfired against uh, Haman, because uh, Haman took one misstep with Esther, and Afsirsch got upset. You never know, maybe a day later, he would have calmed down, but because he had that gallows looming in the background, he just took advantage of, of it. Harvona says, Tolu, I love, hang him. And Afsirsch uh, did that in the heat of the moment. Unbelievable, so great. And what's interesting is uh, that there are many examples in history where this principle is very evident. And even in our own times, you think about how uh, in 1947, 1948, we were losing the war. We didn't have ammunition in Eretz Israel, And God put into the mind of the biggest tyrant in history, Stalin, who killed 20 million people. God put in his mind, you know, Israel, they're socialists. They'll probably be communists. I don't like the British in the Middle East. Stalin funded the war in Eretz Israel. If we have... Uh, a state today, if we have a miry yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael today, we have Stalin to thank for it. And that's just a, a modern-day example yeah. if, we have, if, if, we,
0: if we have a place for Ukrainian Jews to go and be refugees, then we have, yeah, we, right. we have Israel to do that. It's a pretty amazing, a great example. Um, there's, there's something else I have to point out. This is not from the same chapter, but it, it struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, m- many of us know, if we're familiar with the Purim story, that uh, Esther invites Haman to the party. And the reality is that, especially for you know somebody who who we get the impression might be a little timid, might be a little uh, intimidated uh, by her enemy. Uh, it's a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a curious fact that she invites Haman to this party, uh, which she wants you know to attend. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, it it, it it struck me when I read what you wrote. Uh, you know, we we say, uh, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, <laughs> that, that, that Esther, may have, Esther may have been going at that, with that philosophy, that if she can get Haman to trip up, if she can get Haman to do something inappropriate in front of Achashverosh, you know, half the battle could be won right there. What can you tell us about the curious fact that she invited him?
1: Yeah, the, that's a major discussion in the Gemara. You know, Ma'ra, Esther, Shazimnas Haman. What was Esther thinking? And the Talmud goes through many possibilities of what her calculation was. And the Talmud concludes that they asked Elio HaNavi, and Elio said all of the above. She, was th- she had a dozen of various calculations, and uh, they came to fruition. And it's very interesting how many—and uh, one of the chapters in the book is about why Elio HaNavi seems to play uh, many roles in the Megillah, including— Dressing up in a costume, huh. and that is he, dress, he dressed up as Charvona, because in the beginning of the story, Charvona is spelled with an aleph. Right. And later on in the story, it's spelled with a Hay, right. and our sages teach us that was actually Eliyoh Hanavi in his best harvona costume. Well,
0: if that's the case, and, he deserves a better mention in Shoshana Yaakov, <laughs> if he's really Eliyohan. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Exactly. And, and because we always say, Eliyahu, Zachor Latov, so we give that to
0: Charbona, and we say, The Gam Charbona, Zachor Latov. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Uh, Monday morning, JM in the AM, Rabbi Daniel Glatstein is with us. The book is called The Concealed and the Revealed. Adar, Purim, Megillah Esther. Get ready, everybody. Wednesday night, unless you're in Yerushalayim, Wednesday night we're going to be reading <laughs> uh, the Megillah Esther and, and, and reacquainting ourselves with this incredible story. Why do you think... Why do you think we we ended up with an obligation to hear every word? Why is it not enough to do what we do with other Megillus, which is you know to, to give a casual listen when when we're in shul? Why do you think that Megillus Esther ended up with this requirement as generations uh, progress that we have to, in fact, halachically hear every single word of this oh, Megillah? Uh,
1: I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, a matter of dispute, again, in the Talmud, how much of the Megillah you have to read. And we ultimately— Rule like the opinion of Rabbi Mayer, Tsar Likros Kula. You have to read the whole Megillah. Right. And one of the very important explanations is is because we need to start from the very beginning of the story, where the Jewish people committed a very grave sin. Mordechai told them, "Don't go to the party. This is not. This is not going to engender goodwill from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Right. You can't go to the party. And think about it. That party, that warranted annihilation. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, placed on the Jewish people, a threat of of national annihilation, at that very party, when they were sinning, Hashem was still paving the way that if they were to do tshuva, He would save them. So at the party that, that was a, a great grave sin, Hashem knocked off Vashti, putting Esther into place, so that if we would repent, Hashem would save us. Oh, Sofa writes, that is actually the greatest miracle of the Purim story, that even while we're sinning, Hashem's love for us is unwavering, and he's awaiting our tshuva. And that's really one of the most important messages of our time, that uh, whether, regardless of what level a Jew is on, Hashem's love for them is immutable and unwavering, and Hashem is always awaiting our return to him. Wow. And that's why we have to start from the very beginning of the story.
0: Can can one uh, can one name a book uh, about um, uh, about Esther, Megillah Esther, and Purim uh, concealed and revealed when we uh, growing up were told that everything about the Megillah is in fact only concealed.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that's right. That that's the whole uh, essence of the story. That's Esther's the whole revelation. Appear, right. It's a time of uh, concealment on Hester Panim. And on the other hand, there's an amazing teaching of the Arizal, that the light of Purim was the greatest revelation of spiritual light in the history of the Jewish people. Its light is more brilliant than even Shabbos and Tov and all of the Chagim. And there's even a statement by Chassam Sofer, and who but the Chassam Sofer could have made such a statement, that the light of Megillus Esther is even greater than the Torah itself. Unbelievable. So on the one hand, it's a time of great concealment, as you say, and on the other hand, it's the time of the greatest revelation. Incredible. So Incredible. we have this uh, really amazing dichotomy.
0: You know what part of your book I loved because it meant so much to us here? Uh, we, we have, uh, over the last couple of years, we've started a, uh, a Nissan I guess in a way it really starts in Adar, uh, but a Nissan Chesed mm-hmm. campaign, and we've started a mm-hmm. an Elul slash Tishrei Chesed campaign. We're always encouraging people to do Chesed, but we try to think of mm-hmm. unique unique ideas uh, where people could really step it up during those two times of the year. And you. Pointed out that there's an allusion in the Megillah. To, I can't believe I never knew this. By the way, I mean, how did I go to Yeshiva Day School? i not know this. That there's an allusion in the Megillah to the the not only to obviously the month of Adar, which you know the story mm-hmm. takes place, but to Elul and Tishrei as well. Just remind me what the what the abbreviation is. Yes, yeah, uh,
1: so Russian we tables. have uh, by the, the mitzvah of Matanas Ish that they spell out an acrostic. The first letter of those four words spell out the word Elol. Wow. And uh, often in the Talmud, when it references the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah, it speaks about it together with the mitzvah blowing the shofar. Right. And uh, interestingly, in Sefer Nechemia, it talks about a mitzvah of Mishlach Manos on Rosh Hashanah as well. Really? Once, yeah. And uh, it's actually codified by the pre-Chadash, that before Rosh Hashanah, one should also give out Meshulach Manos. So there, there is an idea of a connection between Purim and the High Holidays.
0: Well, and Purim and Yom Kippurim and all that, we always... That, that, that one I remember. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, Purim and, and, and
1: certainly, um, you remember from the, the prayers of the High Holidays, almost every chapter of the Shemona Esri begins with the right. word uv'chein, and the word uv'chein really comes from when Esther was about to stand before Ahasuerus. It says uv'chein avayalamelach asher So we're trying to evoke on the High Holidays the feeling of Esther about to stand before the king. Wow. So there are a number of very uh, Compelling uh, similarities.
0: I like the fact that the Chesed component is stepped up in Adar, which is the last month of the year, right before before the national yes. year of Nissan begins, and of course in Elul, as you just said, and Rosh Hashanah, which of course is the end of and in the very beginning of the new year. Uh, I love that um, uh, the fact that there's a comparison between those two time slots. Rabbi Daniel Gladstein is with us. The Concealed and the Revealed. All right, uh, Rabbi Glatstein, we can't do the entire book on the air, but I must ask you, <laughs> I must ask you, you got to give me a perspective on Adder. I mean, you know, it, the, we, we know that, you know, Adder has a yes. significance and we're told to go to court in Adder as opposed to other times of year if you have a choice, et cetera, et cetera. Good luck in Adir. Uh All this. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, you know, there are times that, you know, some things that are not great happen in Adar, but all right, you know that that's life, as they say. What is it? Right. Ab- what is it about this month? What is it in our tradition that makes the month of Adar so special?
1: Well, uh, one of the ideas that we speak about in uh, the book is we know the symbol of Adar is the fish, right. dug Amazal uh, Adar Dugim, mm-hmm. and there is one unique facet of the fish which is uh, remarkable, and that is it's one of the only animals. That is missing one part. It has no neck. There's no neck. It's a head and a body just fused together. It's missing. It's tsavar. It has no neck. The base hamikdash is called the neck of the Jewish people. The job of a neck is it connects the head to the body. Right. The temple, the base hamikdash, connects us, the guf, the body, to our head, God. But in the month of Adar, which is symbolized by the fish, that represents a month we don't even need the Beis HaMikdash. We're able to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu even and transcend the need for a Beis HaMikdash, almost as the original plan for creation for Hashem, just to rest on the Jewish people without any medium. And therefore, it reflects a time of the future when we will be able to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. And it's sort of reminiscent of a future day. It's reminiscent of the days of Mashiach. And therefore, it's the one month, it's the one yomtif of the year that will never cease because it's, so to, so to speak, a page out of the future, a page out of a future time, a, pa- a page out of the days of the Mashiach. We'll always have and, Purim. Uh, we'll always have Purim. Purim will always be there.
0: And it's funny, again, it's the month before what we call Chodesh HaGu'ula. It's the final right. final month before you get to Nisan. Right. Um, That's right. Sir. And we spoke, of course, about Megillah Sester, but about the holiday itself in terms of Purim, you know, th- there are so many messages that we focus on and so many people in the community focus on. Look, you know Mishloch Manos has become a, an industry in and of itself. And, bar- and, bar- <laughs> and Baruch Hashem, Matanas Le'Avyonim, has become an industry. Right. You know, people pay much more attention to making sure they give matanos and give, if they can't do it themselves, give it to their rabbi in advance or anporim. Uh, which, which I, again, when I was when I was younger, I don't think people paid as much attention to it. And so there are many important aspects of the holiday uh, that that do get more attention and are taken much more seriously. Uh, but we do have mm-hmm. the. But sometimes people do lose focus, and hearing the megillah twice, both night and day, are so vital. What 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 would you tell us? especially after writing this incredible book, what would you tell mm-hmm. us should be our focus on Purim? I know you, you're you a believer in doing all the mitzvahs that I mentioned. I got it. But <laughs> but what, what what should our focus be? What should the message be that we transmit to our children and grandchildren on a, on a day like this coming Thursday?
1: If I could share one personal thought. Sure. Uh, this book is dedicated to to the memory of my revered grandfather, Rabbi Mordechai Leib Gladstein, who is a Holocaust survivor. He just passed away this year at 105 years old. Wow. And when he was in Auschwitz, he heard uh, the old people crying as they were being taken out and to to be killed. Who's going to say Kaddish for us? Who's going to remember us? And my grandfather, despite going through and traversing Auschwitz and Dachau and seeing all the terrible places, he dedicated his life to bring support, encouragement, chesed to old people, to Canim, to sick people, to downtrodden people, because he recognized that when you're a survivor, it is your mission and it is your obligation in this world to bring joy to other people. And that is the greatest joy of a Jew, to bring simcha to others. So if Hashem saved Kal Yisrael collectively as a nation, and therefore we are all survivors, our primary obligation on Purim is to do whatever we can to bring joy to others because that's really the only way for a person to experience true simcha. As the Rambam codifies, the greatest simcha is to uplift the hearts of the needy, the downtrodden, the lonely. And that's uh, our uh, main obligation on Purim and throughout the year to bring simcha to other Jews, and that will engender the greatest simcha Within uh, within us and our own families,
0: and as we discussed earlier regarding Chesed, and you just you just uh, touched on it. If we know people in the community that are in fact lonely, are not getting the Mishloach that others may be getting, are not getting the visitors on Purim and other times of the year, uh, then we should pay careful attention to their situation and try very hard to bring them joy. As you just said, that's the obligation. We just want we should bring them joy and happiness whenever possible. And uh, what a great mm-hmm. what a great message that is for this Purim. A lot of people Thank are. You. A lot of people are suffering terribly right now on this globe. Many of them from our community. Many of them from our national community. A lot of people are suffering terribly. We see what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, we see what's happening in different areas of Eastern Europe and Israel in terms of the refugees. And of course, the people in other parts of the world have their own uh, difficulties. It's really important to keep in mind that as much as we are joyous, Baruch Hashem, this week, and have a wonderful mm-hmm. Yom Tov coming up, uh, there are a lot of people that really do need to uh, be uplifted. And it's our obligation to do so. What a really
1: And to to instill in people that just as Hashem brought salvation to us in yeah. Persia two thousand years ago, Cain Ti Alanu, we hope and we, we are confident he will again bring national and personal salvation to all of the Jewish people.
0: You know, by Glatstein, I always joke with people who write books about Kinnis, how, <laughs> how horrible it must be you know being involved in Tishuba for the entire year that you're <laughs> writing the book what's it li- what's it like having Purim on your desk all year round It must be amazing to write a book on Purim oh, I love I love Purim I love Purim <laughs> So you literally got yeah, that love- you got to have Purim all year and during COVID an, ex- an extra bonus how do you like that
1: <laughs> Absolutely and and an extra month uh you know That's of Adar right. this year is always uh That's right. is always an added bonus
0: yeah. Uh, the Concealed and the Revealed, or by Daniel Gladstein, is the author. The Royal Intrigue and Divine Irony of the Purim Miracle. Get it today, folks. This way you'll have it before Purim begins. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Again, go to artscroll.com. The book is called The Concealed and the Revealed, or by Daniel Gladstein, a real pleasure to speak with you Mazaltov on the book have a wonderful Amen. a wonderful sympathy. pleasure was poem. mine appreciate well
1: and uh, thank you for the opportunity
0: a pleasure thank you so much the concealed and the revealed or by neil gladstein everybody artsgirl.com make sure to use promo code radio monday morning broadcast at jm in the a.m